0: This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as the Caring Place, www.caringplace.org.
1: Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now, here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett.
2: Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We are known as the Caring Place and have been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida since 1922. That's 99 years of helping men, women, and children get off the streets and start new lives. Good morning again. I'm Ron Brumman. I happen to be the president, and I've been here over 30 years. It's hard to believe that I've actually been here this long. It's the longest job I've ever had in my life, and yet it's such a great place to be, it's a great place to work, it's a great place to serve, and it's a great place to see people change their lives. You know, every single day we're serving in our centers about 700 men, women, and children. Uh, During the COVID pandemic, of course, we had to lower our building capacity because of social distancing and making sure that people weren't too close to each other. Uh, We're still working on having people come in that it's kind of challenging because we still want people to be tested before they come in the building. So we have rapid testing available. We have mobile vans coming and getting tested. Our own clinics are doing testing. And we want to make sure that our staff and all the men, women, and children and then our volunteers – feel safe to be in our centers and you know our volunteers are such a great force of people. In previous years we've had up to 9,000 volunteers come uh, to our centers and provide over 90,000 hours of uh, service. That's a lot of work. you know. That would be like for me to go out and have to hire another 30, 40 people full time for the whole year and so we are so appreciative of our volunteers but last year of course we had to cut that out uh, basically almost all the way to nothing. We did have volunteers working off campus by doing various drives, toy drives, and, and and meal food drives and so on, but we didn't have as many come on campus. But we are opening our door. So if you're out there and you want a place to come and to help and, and to be a part of changing lives, uh, go to our website at caringplace.org. You can see more about our volunteer and our volunteer opportunities. You know, many people want to serve food, and we do need people in our kitchen. Uh, we're serving close to a million meals a year. So that's a lot of meal preparation. And we need people to come in and slice and dice and open up cans and, and be on the serving line and take food to people and then clean up afterwards. But we're also needing volunteers in our centers, people that would like to do a painting project, uh, maybe redo some of our women's rooms uh landscaping projects carpentry projects there's always something to do we have centers in miami and in hollywood and with all the traffic and all the wear and tear there's always something to be done and then we have our faith partners that come in and they provide services to our men women and children uh different faiths come in they provide music some do movie nights some have uh, special parties for the for the for the people, and so there's so many different vo- ways that you can get involved as a volunteer and We know and I know because I volunteer some other places that when you volunteer someplace uh that's your time and that's your most precious commodity because you've been doing so so many different things with your time and to come out and to actually be a part of this we have in fact, we have volunteers that have come two days a week and they help answer phones, they help do clerical work. Uh, so we are really really gearing up right now uh, with all the safety measures people are not having to uh, be as concerned in my, uh, as much as far as getting the covid virus because we're getting vaccinated we're still wearing our mask in our centers and we're still uh, practicing precautions but it is a way uh, to get back to normalcy so if you've been cooped up and you want something to do uh, we'd be glad to have you come to one of our centers there is an orientation that you'll have to go through And there'll be a process of making sure you're screened uh, for the virus. But we also want want you to know that your your support is so greatly appreciated. You know, as we embark on our summer, we have our summer challenge coming up. And, you know, we're starting off with Memorial Day tomorrow. Uh, I want to say thank you to all the families that have lost loved ones uh, through their service to our country. You know, Memorial Day and Veterans Day, sometimes people get them a little confused. Uh, but they, are, they have different meanings. Memorial Day was started right after the Civil War. And it really was a time when people came and put flowers and flags on the deceased of the Civil War. And then through the uh, time period, through the decades and other wars, it was decided that we needed one day called Memorial Day to celebrate all service people who gave their lives to, for our country. And that's what Memorial Day really is about. And Veterans Day is a day on the 11th day of the 11th month of the 11th hour. They had an armistice signed, And so that time is for Veterans Day. So for all veterans, living and dead, uh, that's a time to celebrate veterans. But Memorial is even a little bit more special. And we should concentrate that our freedoms are here because of men and women uh, who have served us and have died for us, shed their blood. And even in the Bible, uh, Jesus said, no greater love does a man have than he lay down his life for his friends. And so we need to really spend some time tomorrow and honor that. And I know we have barbecues and we have outings and there's the jet show and all that. But really, uh, it's because we're able to do that because uh, people died for our freedom. So that's a special time. I'm a veteran. I didn't go into any wars, but I was in a Vietnam era, veteran era. I stayed in the States, but I do know people that came back from Vietnam. And um, it was just a tragic time. So tomorrow, as we celebrate Memorial Day, I'll take just a few minutes and uh, to to thank the lord for our servicemen but we are gearing up for our own summer events our summer challenges uh in fact on june 2nd right uh that's uh, wednesday uh, we're having our bombastic birthday party and this is a time once a year even though there's birthdays of course every day we are celebrating one day for everyone in our centers and saying happy birthday to you and so you can help us in that a great event by going to caringplace.org slash birthday and help sponsoring a birthday party that's caringplace.org slash birthday there'll be music and presents and uh, i know a few years ago i was walking through the, the cafeteria where the celebration was taking place in one of our centers and i looked down at a man and i said you know something uh, i don't know if today is your birthday or not but happy birthday god loves you and he was silent just for a couple seconds and he looked up at me and a tear started welling up in his eye and he said, you know something, you're not going to believe this, but today is my birthday and I haven't had anyone say happy birthday to me for many years. And I said, well, you know something, God loves you so much that he brought the president to your table. Would you like to come off the streets today and get your life turned around and he nodded his head. He came in and I'm telling you that man, I went on to graduate, went to to college, become a computer specialist and has worked and from time to time we stay in touch and say hello to one another so that's what it's all about. You never know uh, a little small act of kindness, a specialty, especially on birthdays, uh, to say happy birthday to to our men, women and children in our centers and of course we do little mini birthday parties as uh, time goes by but this is a special day. It's our bombastic birthday bash. And you can help us by going to caringplace.org slash birthday. And then on Father's Day, uh, actually a couple of days before Father's Day on a, a Friday night, we're going to have a movie night for all of our fathers. And that's another special time where we want the dads in our program. Many of them have broken relationships with their children or haven't seen them for years or maybe broken relationships with their own fathers. and And not every relationship can be repaired, but we are hopeful and prayerful that healing can take place uh, in the children and in the father and, and many times we do have uh, reunions and they're tearful reunions when the families, whole families get back together and that the, the father now is more equipped, he's he's off the street, he's not using drugs, he's, he wants to work, he, he has a spiritual direction in his life. And so as you reunited with this family, and if not the wife, at least the children. And and again, there's another way you can help us uh, if that touches your heart by going to caringplace.org slash dads. That's caringplace.org slash dads. Uh, you know, for $2.10, you can help with a meal. Uh, this is a great time of celebration. We're so thankful that we're having people come in, volunteers to provide the movie and the setting and the popcorn and uh, and a special message just for our, our, for our fathers. Uh, and so we can't do all the things that we do without the support of our community. And I'm humbled uh, by the so many different people that I've met over the last 30 years. When they come out to volunteer, I'll go up to say uh, thank you, and they'll say, you know something, I got a lot out of this, much more out of this than what I gave and that that just touches your heart. Well, God bless you. Uh we got a great program today, so stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible.
3: I have with us our very own president of the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, known as the Caring Place. I have my husband and he's the president, Reverend Ronald Brummett. Well, sweetheart, thank you for being on air with me today and um I want to talk about the mission and how we reach out to fathers uh, because next month is June and uh, we'll be gearing up for that and it's more than just serving a meal sometimes and those that come into our programs that have enrolled into the regeneration life changing programs that's where we really get to help them have the tools to, to make a difference in their life talk to us about maybe uh, why we do that and, and your heart about fatherhood.
2: Well, you know, it is always a challenge when people come through our doors, either in Miami centers or Broward centers, because uh, we don't want to just cookie cut people and put them in, you know, they're an addict, they're, they're a, a beggar, they have mental illness. Every person that comes through the door has their own unique story. Yes, there's commonalities. Uh, sometimes it is about addiction. It is about mental illness. It is about doing the wrong thing and making wrong decisions, hanging with the wrong crowds and getting into trouble when they're young. And so when they come through the doors, we wanna have a holistic approach to them. So we spiritual development, physical development, emotional development, and so on. And some of the key areas for both men and women is their identity and how they think about themselves and the wrongs they've done in the past. And maybe they came from broken homes. Maybe they had moms mm-hmm. and dads that weren't there, or they mm-hmm. had fathers that uh disappointed them. Right. And now they're now they're in a in a place where they're getting help. And many times, you know this, Marilyn, many times that relationship with family member has been burned. Mm -hmm. It has been uh, even worse than burned. It's like a atomic bomb. It's scorched (laughs) because they've lied so many times. They've stolen from their family members. They haven't been in anyone's lives. Uh, And oftentimes, unfortunately, some men have children with different women. (laughs) And they just didn't see the responsibility of it. And I don't know if it was a cultural thing, a mindset thing. But now they're coming to their senses and they're saying, you know, I've done some bad. And and here we come on Father's Day. Mm-hmm. So we want to, best we can, because everyone's different, uh, we want to honor all the fathers in our programs. And uh, all, obviously our fathers that are in our staff and, as well. And we do that in a very unique way. We're going to have a movie night uh, for our fathers, and it's going to be held on Father on the Friday before Father's Day. I believe. I think
3: they're actually doing it on Thursday before. Okay. Yeah. But they're going to be doing a whole weekend of, of different things. Right,
2: and uh, sometimes you know, uh, not sometimes, many times, uh, Father's Days come around, and and the men really don't want to celebrate yeah. because they feel so bad about themselves, yes. and they feel so you know uh, guilty about mm-hmm. what they've done. And yet, God, in His mercy and His grace. Uh, He allows us to feel guilty, and then we can come to him as we are, and we are to lose that guilt. That doesn't mean the wrongdoing goes away. It doesn't mean not being in a child's life goes away. In my own life, unfortunately, um, I wasn't doing the right thing for many years, and and I actually didn't see my own son uh, for a couple of years. And when I had to come to terms with that, uh, it it all ended well. We had a great relationship Mm -hmm. and so on but it was those 2 years of missing and I, what did i feel like what mm-hmm. what did i go through so i can really associate Relate. with others that are going through the same thing and yet uh we want our our fathers to say listen do the best you can you know we're going to help you reach out to your family members and you know marilyn we have seen oh, a yes. lot of tremendous family Amazing. reunions where not just the, 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 the daughter comes back, but I mean the whole family comes mm-hmm. back. And you know, I remember one graduation that we had. I was sitting be- uh, in front of a, uh, a family. Mm-hmm. And so one of the graduates got up there and said uh, what he had done. He, said he was so thankful for his life being turned around. He says, and I want you to know that I'm so grateful that I have my family back. And I love my sons and I love my wife. And then I heard behind me, and dad we love you. Oh, wow. And I thought, you know, wow, that's coming full circle. That means that, you know, the, that man took the challenge mm-hmm. and reached out. Now that always doesn't work. When you have a broken relationship, mm-hmm. you understand that sometimes mm-hmm. you're too broken, mm-hmm. but children and uh, that need their father. And then for our men, if they've been wronged by their dads, mm-hmm. or maybe their dad's not in the picture, or if they are, how can they honor them now? And if they have been wronged, how can they, uh, gain the insight to forgive their dads about what they've done. Maybe they, didn't have, maybe they didn't have a dad. Maybe their dad disappeared on them and they did the same thing. So how do they feel about that? And, and do they care? Do they want to forgive their father on that? So we're going to have a very, very wonderful yes, time yes. for our dads that night. Yeah,
3: I know that it's not just a movie night, but there's going to be a special meal. There's gifts for the dads and we have a very special speaker coming in and he's giving a message of hope And, uh, relationship building, uh, how do you build back that relationship that might be lost that you have with your children and your family and an encouragement to, to try for it and to go for it and, uh, to create a leadership mentality, uh, for our men. And I, I've seen this done year after year. And the, you know, you say you don't see grown, grown men cry. Um, but often I do see grown men cry, especially in an event like this. And, and we want the public to be part of it. Um, how can you volunteer? Well, not only with gifts, uh, you can always go to our website, caringplace.org and, uh, hit this volunteer button and you can find out more. But you can also help financially. And we always ask for, um, the community to come around and help us with that. So for 10, uh, men that night, uh, it's $21. And for 20 it's $42. So it's very doable. And you know, then you're a part of something that's building back uh, men to be leaders. We know that we want to build back strong families. And right. that's what the purpose is. And
2: really, you know, this is a great way to honor your dad. If you're listening right yes. now, it's a great way in a memory of your dad or just for your dad is to go to caringplace.org slash fathers. That's caringplace.org slash fathers and make a donation. You know, help us continue to, to build new lives with these men that come in broken. Uh, they're ashamed of themselves. They they have no real future in their, in their mind. And as they come in and they start seeing others doing well and they start applying their own selves to the counseling and the education and the spiritual development, they start getting that attitude. I can I can do this. Yes, And then the next step is to is try to reunite family members in broken relationships. Many times, I can remember when I worked with the, the, the men directly, I'd have them write a letter. Mm-hmm. And then we would and we would read it and proof it, and then he'd rewrite it, then we'd put it in an envelope. We'd actually walk over to the mailbox. It used to be an actual mailbox outside the center, and we would pray over that letter, and then we would put it in the mailbox. Mm. Now, again, not all people are gonna be forgiving. Not all children are gonna be forgiving. Uh, but so many have over the course of the years, you know, many of the children that they have are adults. Sometimes they have grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And yet we see God's grace and his moving and the peace that God can bring when people are brought together. Mm-hmm. So again, we would love for you to be a part of this. You go to caringplace.org slash fathers. That's caringplace.org slash fathers. And when this is done, when we do this and they, they start seeing in their own life uh, uh, a new possibility. And that that guilt and that shame just kind of like sloughs off, just falls apart, and they can be more better empowered and equipped to go and face the future. And for some of the men that are there, they have no children. Uh, They may have a dad or not have a dad, but one day they may be fathers. And we want to let them know that Father's Day is a very special day. Mm -hmm. I know for your listeners, uh, maybe – some of you have had fathers that were abusive. Some of you have fathers that were distant. Some of you have fathers that were not even there. You never met them. Uh, and you, did, you grew up without your fathers. And that's, that's a tragedy. And that's what's happened in America. A lot of families are broken. And a lot of the men that have come to us have come from broken families. Mm-hmm. Their father has disappeared. Uh, they're nowhere to be found. They got in trouble when they were young. They're looking for affirmation from other people. So, uh, again, go to caringplace.org slash fathers. Uh, I think, I believe right now there's a person out there who can do $5,000 and
3: help
2: us, you know, and uh, our $10,000, especially on Father's Day.
3: Yes, that's right. And if you would like to have a banner put up in your family's name for that, then uh, we're going to contact you and ask you for that permission. And we're going to let people know that there is community. There is people out there that are praying for our future fathers. Well, thank you, uh, Reverend Ronald Brummett, uh, the president of the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. And my husband, I thank you for sharing from your heart something about fathers. Well, thank
2: you.
1: Leanne Navarro here, the senior community development associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. So excited we have on the phone with us today, one more time, our wonderful Monica, CEO of Plant Me Events by Mo. Welcome, Monica. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Leanne. How are you? It's great to be here. I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited. I'm still very thankful, and it's very still very clear in my mind that beautiful, beautiful volunteer appreciation that you pretty much uh, orchestrated the whole event. I mean, I have to say that I felt so good, so relieved that you took care of everything, every detail, Uh, Between you and your wonderful friend Angela, who we are also interviewing. My God, thank you so much. And and tell me, remind me once again, what motivated you to say, you know what? I plan events. I do this for business, right? I do this for people that pay me. But this time I want to give back and I want to do it for this organization. Tell me about that. Uh, First of
4: all, you are very welcome. I was uh, super excited to see all the smiles. all the comments that came from all the volunteers who are super excited that we were there and we were putting this on for them. Um, I, I can only say that I'm so thankful for the opportunity. The reason I chose the Miami rescue mission was because I had seen you guys and all the amazing work that you do by doing food drives and different things. So I came across your name several times uh, in my regular job. And I felt like this was my calling. I had to help. Uh, and what better way to do it than, you know, to the uh, Miami Rescue Mission that you guys help out all the homeless in Miami-Dade and Broward. So for me, that was my motivation just to see the name over and over. I think that was my calling. And just to put it together with Angela from Better Than a Basket, she's the vendor that I always go to, that I choose every single time. She's my number one person to do this with. Um, we have both of us. I believe we have a heart of stone. Uh, And of gold and I think together we just put on the amazing event that we did and and I was just very glad that we were able to help you
1: Listen if if you do and I'm sure you do all the events as you did our volunteer appreciation event I have to refer you to everyone everyone who's listening and is planning an event whether it's a birthday a wedding a King's Day Whatever event you're planning. Please 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 reach out to these ladies. Monica. You are amazing. I that day You know, we didn't have to worry about anything. And I'm going to walk our listeners through it because I know, you know, most of our listeners did not go to the volunteer appreciation event. Uh, But from the decorations to the food, let me let me tell you that the idea that you had of having the food individually wrapped with that cellophane, beautiful uh, paper, uh, because we're going through a pandemic. So the fact that you even took that into consideration to make everybody feel safe, right? To me, that meant the world uh but the the decorations um how hard you work, but without re- I didn't even know that you were there almost only by everything <laughs> after you know, like you work in such a professional way so i I really greatly appreciate that. I remember you doing a raffle with the beautiful basket from angela and and that was amazing, right, because volunteers did not expect that, okay, we gave them raffle tickets at the beginning, they didn't even know why. Uh, and at the end, they receive this beautiful, beautiful basket. Now, tell me, I know I mentioned some of the events that you do, but how can people find you? I know listeners want to know, hey, how can I get Monica in my corner? So how can they find you
4: and that's funny that you mentioned that you want me in your corner because that's basically what Angela and I try to do is take away the stress from having to do all that, and that's yes. what we do best yeah, um, so from planning to. to executing it and then picking up Um, my my uh, company is plan me events by Mo. you can find me on Instagram by p.m. events by Mo, and you can also call me on my cell phone three zero five seven seven five nine zero nine three you can also find me on Facebook
1: the same way p.m. plan plan me events by Mo. and if you didn't get it because you're driving or you're busy doing something I know this is fast on the radio call me I have all the information for Monica And I would love to give it to you. Monica, thank you for joining us
3: today. And thank you
1: so much for everything you do.
4: Thank you, Leanne. Have a wonderful day.
3: But once again, we are at that part of the program where we interview people who want to give their testimony, tell about life change, tell where uh, they're headed now, that maybe there was a time in their life, everything seemed lost, but now there's hope. So I have with me today, Michael. And first of all, welcome to the program.
5: Hi. Glad to be here.
3: Well, Michael, let's go back into your history as how did you get to the United States? Because I know a little bit off air that you came here as a child.
5: Yeah, I was born in um, Columbia, and we migrated over here when I was six years old, learned English, went to Chicago for like six months, then came down to Hialeah.
3: Now, did you have a stable childhood, or how no, was it? No,
5: no. I came over here with my mother. I don't know my dad. My mom comes from like an abusive household, um, so she has issues of her own. But it's not something I, I started understanding until recently, to know what factors affected me throughout my life, and trying to get to the root of things and create some mm-hmm. change. We We moved around a lot. I went to a lot of schools, went, lived to a lot of places, so a lot of instability, a lot of creating relationships and breaking of relationships.
3: Now, yeah, but eventually you went into the service, right?
5: Yes, yes. So I did some ROTC in high school, and uh, I was giving some advice to go into the military. So I went to the U.S. Navy. It is where I really started drinking a lot, just really on my own. It wasn't... Um...
3: So in your case, you were saying it wasn't peer pressure.
5: Yeah, it was It was sort of normal. It was a, no, it was a normal thing to do. Oh. But I would go on my own and eventually like I hooked up with some people and we would drink on our own and party. Um, it always starts as a party. Mhm. I inspected survival equipment for pilots, so everything had to be in order. It was like on my off times, so it was just getting out of hand. So I got out of the service, uh, with a general discharge, has honorable conditions, um worked here and there, did more drinking, got into, introduced to marijuana. So I decided to I don't know, I, I was exploring, I guess I was exploring that part of my life with the marijuana and um, smoking a lot, smoking a lot, mainly weed smoker. Of
3: course, I mean, when you do things like that, you want to feel good, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, it was, um feels good. I did a lot of thinking, uh, a lot of planning, a lot of uh, analyzing, uh, trying to figure out what my life went wrong. Eventually, that, that created a of its of its own. As I'm trying to figure out what went wrong to try to solve it, I'm on marijuana, I'm on the drugs. And that's that's creating habits and behaviors on itself. Um, mm-hmm. Later on, um, I got introduced to to cocaine. It was really accessible. I knew I knew some guy around the corner, so I experimented with that, and that led into uh, getting addressed, getting arrested, getting to drug court, um, doing doing the pro those programs, learning about drugs, learning about the addiction.
3: Um, now you learned about it. You went through the programs, but it seems like when you came out, you said you just did it again.
5: I still did it. Uh,
3: so, what's that all about? What do you think? Well, I mean, you know, hey, this is the addiction. This is the pattern. Uh, you've learned through the programs. Why go back?
5: Uh, I was Part of it is I was rebellious. The other part was I didn't really get too much into the coke it was like in the beginning and I got arrested so it was like you know I feel like oh I just want to have fun why why are they messing with me it was later later on where I had uh I had a lot of freedom I was living on my own um I had no one to watch over me where it became undisciplined so undisciplined now freedom. we're
3: gonna have to fast forward because I know a little bit more of your story but we mm-hmm. don't have time to really go mm-hmm. through it but you were a taxi driver for a while for yes, about ma'am. a year yes ma'am But then what happened and what what really led you to the Miami Rescue Mission?
5: The drugs started spiraling out of control. I mean, everything that they talked about addiction, I was watching it happen. Just like couldn't stop. uh, Just all these different people I was meeting, all these different drugs that were coming. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't like scared to experiment. And it just got a little bit too out of hand where I knew that if it continued, either I was going to get arrested or lose my life. And um, it felt like, uh, you know, God was going to take it away and it hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I'm going to have to just up.
3: kind of give the end of your story. Cause we're at the end of our time, Michael. Yes, but um, You had said off air to me that you actually learned the mission by playing chess with somebody downtown, yes, came ma'am. here for a free meal. You guys could have go paid for a meal, yes, but ma'am. no, you came for a free meal, but that led you to know where to come when you really were in trouble. And you were standing in line one time and they gave a flyer and in- invited you to Christmas in July. It's a big outreach that we yes, do ma'am. every year. Amazing. Um, Um, on the streets, and we just feed thousands, and so you came in at that time, and you entered the mission. Your life is different. You're alpha now. That means you're upperclassmen. You are Harvard. Uh, I say that. You are a senior in Harvard when you're in alpha at the Miami Rescue Mission. We're going to have you back again, and you can tell more of your story. Thank you, Michael. Well, we're back with Howard. He told a dramatic story, uh, just a few, uh, minutes ago about, uh, what has happened in his life. If you're just tuning in, Howard, uh, found, uh, he was using drugs early in his adulthood, really got off track, uh, was a drug dealer as well as a user. And, uh, if you missed the part where he got shot 11 times and died, Uh, Several times on the operating table and gone through some major, major things. But even God didn't get through to you at that time, which is hard to believe. But there was another time when a van was set on fire and you actually saw the hand of God spare your life at that time. So then a friend of yours um, actually brought you to the Miami Rescue Mission. Let's pick up the story right there, Howard. How was those first days as you came into the mission?
0: Well, upon entering, I was afraid because I really didn't know what to look forward to. And as I looked around, I felt the presence, the presence of God. And I noticed a couple of people from the street that I had missed over the years. And one of two of them were counselors, Mm. Donnell and Mike especially Mike, because he knows me very well. So
3: you had seen them in their bad time, but now you see them as counselors here at the mission. Yes,
0: and that really inspired me to want to stay in the program. And then I moved on to the higher phase of the program because I'm a very patient person. And I found the discipleship part, the Alpha program, was really intense, but that's what I needed. I needed intense recovery. I needed it so bad until I I was willing to go through it twice if I had to. Yet, I wanted to finish what I started, and God gave me the real vision that I really needed to finish what I started. And I went on to do the rest of the 18 months. I finished the high school that we have here, and I got my high school diploma while I was here at the mission. And we have a job search part of the program. I went out and I got a job doing painting during that time. Yet I never stopped being affiliated with the mission. I used to come back and do Bible studies for the old for the other guys to let them know that this thing really works. I used to do chapel services and I'm back now to let them know that I'm here and I will be a volunteer in the future after I finish the beta program and we'll just move on to that.
3: Wow. So as a successful alumni um, you know what it is now to hold a job and to be responsible, and yet you're still coming back as a as a su- successful graduate, and you're being able to input, give back of your time uh, to others that are experiencing what you experienced when you first came here.
0: Yes, ma'am. I owe the mission my life. Yes. So nobody could say anything wrong about the mission. I encourage anyone if you want to contribute to anyone, the mission is the place.
3: Wow, well, I didn't ask you to say that, so um, of course this is a good time for me to say there's so many ways that you can help uh, uh giving financially, giving of your time to volunteer in all the different ways, and uh, you might meet Howard here if you come and volunteer uh if you happen to be here at the same time that he is. Well, Howard, I know you're encouraging somebody that's listening out there. You know, I've had people tell me they have listened to this program in prison, Uh, They have listened to this program on the streets, and, of course, we have donors and supporters that give um, of their money and of their time and of their talent. Uh, We have so many people that are listening across uh, the spectrum uh, that is out there. And just let's say the last thing that you want to say to someone to encourage them that life is not over.
0: I encourage anyone out there with a drug problem and a Christian problem, Christ problem, Try to run Miami Rescue Mission. We have a center for men, women, and children. So just give us a chance if you want to see life from Christ's point of view.
3: Well, God bless you, Howard, for having the courage to share your Thank you. story.
0: Thank
2: you. Wow, what a great testimony from Howard. And you know, that's what it's all about in our centers in Miami and Hollywood. All that we do, even though we're serving thousands and thousands of men, women, and children every single year, touching so many lives, it always comes down to that, to that one individual, that one family, that one lady. You know, what really happened in their life. And, you know, we, we have great centers. We have great staff. We have great volunteers. And we have great classes and life skill classes and counseling and uh, parenting classes and budgeting classes and how to get a job and how to keep a job and, uh, and so many things that we offer people. But they have to be the ones To say, you know, I really want to make a change in my life. You can encourage people. You can love on people. You can hold people accountable and responsible for their behaviors. uh, But the person themselves have to make that change. And so when people come in and they do have a dramatic change, and that dramatic change could be almost instantaneous or sometimes it takes months. You know, many of the people that come into our centers, they come in for a different reason. It's hot outside, it's rainy outside, or it's cold outside, or I'm hungry, and they'll come in on the program side, just to get out of, out of the heat, just get off the streets for a while. And yet, they'll, when they come in, they'll start seeing others that are being successful. The messaging that we're providing gets into their hearts, into their minds, into their spirit. And they start believing that they can uh, be more than they could ever imagine. And all the hopelessness and, the, and, you know, I'm nothing and I never will be. And I can't do anything in my life. That starts to disappear because they can see they can do things. And they get a hold of it. And many, 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 when I interview people, they'll say, you know, I was going to be here for a couple of weeks until I got my check. But when I got in, I saw, you know, all the compassion and all the people really cared about me. And I saw other people doing well. And I got into it. And I, boy, I really want to really be successful. And so that's what we're trying to do. But you know yourself. If you embark on any kind of life change, let's say you want to lose some weight. And, and look how many diets have been. i've grew up on all the, all these diets they all come up with new diets why do they come up with so many diets because they don't work a lot of times and uh and not not the same diet's going to work for everybody but let's say you want to take off 5 10 15 whatever it is and you're going to start your re- regime and you get you read your books you know what nutrition is you got your little cards you got your responsible party you're looking at your scales but you have to do the work. You have to be the one to learn more about nutrition. You have to be the one to step away from the processed foods and the sweets. And you have to be the one to say, I'm going to get into the gym or take some walks or do some exercise, do something uh, to re innervate your, your, your body. And that takes uh, willpower and it takes a stick to itness. And that's exactly what happens when people come into our centers. Uh, We're doing as much as we can to encourage them, but they have to make that decision to change. And that's why I applaud people. You know, people you may see on the street that are begging for money on a corner may be coming into one of our centers. And in a few short weeks, they they start to change. And in a few short months, they really are equipped to go out into the world and to be successful. You know, we can't do all that we do without you. We have our bombastic birthday coming up this Wednesday on June 2nd you can help us there or our Father's Day celebration is gonna come uh, right on Father's Day. Go to caringplace.org slash birthday to help us with our birthday bash and then caringplace.org slash dads to help our fathers on Father's Day and while you're on our website you can check out opportunities for volunteering Uh, we'll be happy to come out to your home and pick up items that you are going to be discarding maybe you're going to get a new living room Uh, new couches, new tables, and you want to get rid of some of the old ones that are in good condition, we'll use them in our centers. We'll take them to our thrift store, uh, sell them to raise money for our programs. And that's another way people can help us go through your your closets looking for clothes that maybe you're going to get rid of. And and again, I want to say thank you to all of our donors, our prayer partners, our faith partners, our volunteers. Uh, We are coming out of the COVID pandemic. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, and we want to wish... All the families that have lost service people uh, in the defense of our country, a special blessing. You know, Memorial Day is for all our servicemen who have passed away. Well, God bless you. Have a safe Memorial Day. And tune in next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible.
0: This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as the Caring Place. www.caringplace.org.